What up, what up, what up? How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? It is here. It is time to do the quarterback list. What are quarterbacks watching right now? And it can't just be me and Ingber. Ingber, how are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? We also have a special guest. His name is KD. His name is Kyle Brandt. The man can rant whether it's on Wall Street or at the house of your aunt. He is feeling the flow. And just so you know, my name is Adam Lefko. KB, how you doing? Adam Lefko, how are you? Happy quarantine. Uh, it's a beautiful beach that you're on, for real. Oh, yeah, let me uh, get my beach set up. I give me the beach. I, I was under the impression it was real. I think you just ruined the illusion. Yeah, no. Yeah, if you guys are watching on Facebook, uh, we are on Zoom. Oh. It's the way everyone's communicating. And now, right by the beach, boy. I feel like one of those spring breakers who was actually on the beach oh. who should be violated by Dragonfire. I thought that you were one of them. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Ingber KB said the word. Yeah. And so, we're going to institute this rule right now, not just for yeah. this podcast, but going forward. Ingber, what's our new rule? We're under quarantine, quarantine for this podcast. We're not going to talk about Corona. You can't nope. say virus. You can't say outbreak and you can't say quarantine or COVID. Corona, virus, COVID. I, I got you. I, I'm sick of those words anyways. There's so much more fun ones. So it's after I tiger. finish this sentence, we are officially under quarantine, quarantine. End of sentence. And got it. After this, uh, we did an interview with Gabe Wilkes, the champion First inaugural, I think that's the same thing, uh, of the LFGL, the Lefko Fantasy Gridiron League, and he won, and we finally got him on. He did say the Q word, uh, but we hadn't instituted the rule yet, so it's official now. KB, how, what, what's your situation, though? Like, you're you're not going in and doing good morning football right now? Are you Quick broadcasting to your family? The words, am I allowed to say the words Joe Exotic? Is that totally? Yes. That's highly encouraged, actually. <laughs> I want to say those words so badly. My situation is uh, no, I'm not going into work for the National Football League right now. I was told to stay home until further notice for the sake of my safety and others. So last night, for the sake of my safety and my sanity, my wife and I binge watched the entire, entire Tiger King thing. And I'm post coital right now, Lefko. I feel so good about it. Uh, I texted David and I, and pretty much like all caps, you have to watch this. And then, like, after the first one, he's like, me and my wife, this is insane. Like, it's addicting. Here's the thing with it, in, in my small little gist on Tiger King. You sit down, you watch a show, you think, all right, this is interesting. It's a guy who lives with tigers. This is going to be a cool show. It's kind of crazy. And then, like, six times it one-ups itself Agreed. about how crazy it is. You see this guy, a Joe Exotic, you're like, this is going to be an interesting guy to watch for the next six or seven episodes. And then like six times, there's a new character who is just as crazy. It comes in waves. It'll blow you away. It's amazing. So Ingber's watched four, and he. So I've watched. I watched them all in one night until two in the morning, and I didn't want to. That wasn't the plan. That's just how good right. they are. But Ingber's through season through episode four, and he goes, and the, it ended with. What did you say it ended with? Jeff Lowe stole the zoo. Credits. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know who Jeff Lowe is. You just introduced him six minutes ago. Oh, it's so good. And I don't want to ruin it for Ingber, and I really don't want to ruin it for like everybody that hasn't seen it yet, but it's worth it. It really is. It is. I, w I, I wish that uh, Halloween was going to be sooner and that the world wasn't like it was so we could all go out and enjoy Halloween because the Jeff Lowe Halloween costume Epic. would be so killer with the bandana and the hat well, and the isn't that just Isn't that just um, that one fucking rock and roll guy, uh, Flavor of Love, or no, the white guy? Yeah, oh, Brett Michaels. Yeah, he's just like a knockoff Brett Michaels. <laughs> Brett Michaels. Yeah, but with yeah. more Tiger Cubs and more Vegas uh, showrooms. 
Yeah, see, yeah, no. for me, the outfit for Halloween, either someone dresses up like Joe Exotic and then other people dress up as tigers, or you do what they wore to the wedding and it's like the three pink shirts. Oh, oh so good. The wedding scene was my favorite moment of the entire thing. <laughs> the three of them together. And then double kiss for both grooms. <laughs> Honestly, his husband's are the strangest and the saddest part of the entire thing, aside from the animal yeah, spots. Yeah, it gets a little sad, but then it comes up with the weird. I, I, it's just, it's the, it's a roller coaster and you get done and you go, I don't know what that was. It's like the Michael Vick experience. One thing about that triple wedding though, is that Joe Exotic exactly. kisses this groom, then he kisses this groom, but the two yeah. grooms don't kiss each other. It was like, Joe was like the alpha groom. And I got to, there was an alpha and I got to tell you, Dave, there may be another groom coming down the pike. Too. I would not and be surprised remotely. Beautiful, very handsome young men. I mean, these are great looking guys. I, they love them. This one guy, I guess, followed them for years afterwards and did podcasts. And he had a Twitter thread. And I was going through that. And apparently, yeah. all of these guys are straight. And like afterwards, yeah. they go back to being straight. It's just like so, there are some people that I feel like are legitimate sirens, like the word from Odysseus, where like the Odyssey, where I don't know why they have a power, but they just have power over people. And it's like kind of like cult-like followings. And I don't know if it's really honestly what happens, David. It's like dependence and sadness. And I think, yes. yeah, and I can't. But we need to lighten the mood. And I think Ingber had an idea that's very Kyle Brandt. And the fact that we're here on video chat makes it happen. So Ingber- All right. Let's do it. Um, well, it's funny that you say that it's very Kyle Brandt, because for people that don't know, Kyle and I worked with each other all of yes. 2018. Um, I was a producer on your show, The Kyle Brandt Football Experience. So we actually, we know each other going back a few years. And, you know, you love where football intersects with pop culture and Lefko, you do as well. So I thought it'd be really fun to talk about what are all the quarterbacks doing? We're no, all bored no, in our no, apartments. No. What's that? What did you say, Lef? No, you need to make Kyle feel comfortable. Oh, that's right. We do need to make Kyle feel comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable. I feel great, guys. No, we're just we're just putting on our shades because nothing Kyle Brandt likes more than sunglasses on television. Yeah, anytime we have the Kyle Brandt, we have the Good Morning Football on in our office every day, and every time we look up at the TV, we're like, "What excuse is Kyle going to come up with today to wear sunglasses somehow?" So we're just taking no excuse at all, and we're just going to put on sunglasses for at least some portion of this show. Like it. Guys, there's it's it's having a shield on. You know, the guy PFT commenter does it for years at everything. He must feel great, and it also allows you to read notes and makes it look like you're not reading notes. You're just that genius that's just popping into your head. It helps teleprompter. It helps with all that stuff. The only thing now is I don't have any sunglasses, and I want to get out of this goddamn chair because then the internet connection will fall off and will have to be screwed. So I have no sunglasses. Yes, you're the only. These are the douchiest sunglasses that have ever been invented. I got these in college to wear to Miami on a beach like this, and I have not worn them literally in 10 years. And I don't want to just throw them away because I, I, I spent like $200 as a college kid, and it's like the most money I've ever spent at that time. And now, and now they're just the douchiest things of all time. Are those Chevron or Shell? <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Let's. I'm gonna, I want to do one reverse before we say the quarterback's name and then what they're watching. Who was your number one pick for watching Tiger King right now? Quarterbacks. Um, Jameis. Jameis? I, I think Jameis because you need that bat bleep insane factor. You need a really healthy injection of Florida. Florida runs through that show. For sure. 
Florida, there's so many guns, there's so many animals. Everybody seems to have a tiger in their house, and it's just like it's Florida. So Jameis, and he also is a little bit of Jameis, is the Joe Exotic figure, and then he had his job taken from him. He really had his zoo taken from him himself. So Jameis, that's a good. That's a good point. I I'm gonna go, and I'm I'm gonna say your Florida point hit home. But there's somebody that could literally go on to uh, Tiger King tomorrow, and that is Gardner Minshew. Mr. Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew is Mr. Tiger King. He's Tiger King. Gardner Minshew is absolutely perfect. If if there was any answer you could have spit out better than James, I think Gardner might have been in the show. That's what I mean. I think he was one of Joe Exotic's husbands. (laughs) He's exactly Joe Exotic's husband's type, although – he might not be athletic enough. Joe Exotic marries this guy who's six foot six with giant hands. I don't know if Gardner's going to athlete. He might need like Giannis and Tedekompo. I, I do know. think Minshew, though, I could see Minshew in like five years if he's out of the league being like, oh, you're paying 150 bucks a week? Sure, sign me up, dude. I'm in. He's just, yes. I'll, I'll pet Tigers wearing small cargo shorts. That's how I roll. I went a slightly different direction with the prompt. I, I chose Joe Burrow because I think if Joe Burrow was coming back to the LSU Tigers next year, he would be Joe Exotic, and that would be the, the signs in the stand in LSU all year. Mm. So he comes into Cincinnati, Cincinnati known for its zoo, right? Wow. He becomes the Tiger King. And look at Cincinnati's helmets. I mean, that's like that's like Joe, that's Joe Exotic's underwear. There right you go. There. Guys, hold exactly. on. That's a really good answer, dude. What Ingber just did is a million-dollar idea. You're telling me exotic Joe Burrow in Bengals font, like nailed it because it's tiger font or just calling him the tiger king going to the Bengals. Like, Ingber, that's a million dollar. Like, we might need to talk to BR after this and just make some shirts. All right. So we're just going to cut this out of the podcast so that yes. you and I can profit on it. And Kyle, we're you get like 30% because you were there for the moment of creative no inspiration. I actually feel bad for Joe Exotic at home watching joe burrow become exotic joe in, in head-to-toe tiger stripes like that's his wet dream that's his life that's what he wants to do and dave you just took that from him i'm sorry i'm sorry joe exotic i love for you and i love your 12 earrings that go down your ear <laughs> all right ingber do you think it's funnier to do the quarterback and then we list the show yeah so why don't you go first what quarterback do you want to start off with i'm going to start with my man tom brady heading down to tampa um and you already mentioned that you had him as like a Florida guy going down there and just sort of like a fish out of water and watching Tiger King. I actually am going with a different aspect of his personality. I'm going to have Brady on Netflix binging Gwyneth Paltrow's The Goop Lab. <laughs> what is I'm going to have him learning about every single little like pseudoscience and the creams and the gels and the therapies and the all sorts of things because he's he's now got a whole new market down in Florida that he's got to like pedal his stuff to. And you know what? He's out in New England. They've all like learned his tricks. He's got to learn a whole bunch of new tricks. Gwyneth Paltrow, Tom Brady, a match made in heaven. What do you think? It's good. Have you watched the Goop Lab? Have you watched that thing? I have not, but I've seen the trailer and I feel like I got a good sense. Okay, good. That's that's good. Um do I go now? Or, or do you what, have do one? Because I, I have one ready in the chamber for Brady. Yeah, I want to go because I think you're going to take mine. I, I'm going to. I'm, I'm looking at Brady, and right now, um, I just see him as right in the middle of succession. I mean, that's that's a power struggle. I think uh, Belichick is your classic, classic Logan Roy power figure. I think Brady is sort of an amalgam of of Kendall and Shiv, and he's definitely have some Roman in him now because he took a risk and left the company 
leaving his father stunned and maybe helpless with no one to take over. I guess Roman is sort of the Jarrett Stidham. Like, it's really going to be Roman. It's going to be him. I think the big, big money power struggle, I'm thinking he's right there with succession. But I understand Ingrid does a good Kendall Roy impression. Isn't One of the true? best I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, so it? Kyle, ask me a question that if, if you were like Logan talking to me, Kendall, what? ask me a question I'll answer as Kendall. Kendall, should we uh, eat dinner now on the yacht or should we go for a swim? Um, Dad, so look... You know, uh, look, fucking, you know, there's dinner, but like, fucking, are we doing this? Like, we going lobster? Like, uh, answer the question, Dad. No, dude, Dad, Dad. Okay, uh, uh. it's good. good. Just gonna say, Dad. Uh, 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 Dad. Yes, uh, uh, Dad. Uh, uh. All right, I did have Jarrett Stidham watching Succession. That was actually my choice. So I had Brian Hoyer as the Connor figure, who's like the older. The older brother who's never going to actually inherit the company, but still hasn't acknowledged it himself. You know, yes. Yes. Brian Hoyer is going to this season. Like maybe this is the season they let me start. It's like you're Connor, you're Connor Roy. My so my succession pick, and then I'll give you my Tom Brady. My succession pick was Deshaun Watson. That's I good. thought this, and I thought Deshaun was was sitting there realizing that of all the offshoots of Logan Roy, Bill Belichick, to stay with your narrative, that he is being coached right now by Greg the Egg uh, and Tom. <laughs> That that's the Houston Texans right now. Like they're in cruises, and cruises is the Houston Texans. And and I'm hoping Deshaun is watching it to look around and go, what the fuck am I, is going on right now? That's mm-hmm. what I was mm-hmm. thinking for Deshaun. I definitely could see Bill O'Brien running down a hallway saying, "Executives coming through." Yo, Tom <laughs> and and you- fucking Bill O'Brien look a little bit alike. Pretty close. Yeah. All right. So my Tom Brady one. To me, I feel like he didn't know if he was going to go, and I think he needed to muster up the courage. And I, it's a little bit based on the clip that went viral online, but I would say right now that Brady's watching the town, and I mm. think that he's putting this whole shit in his rear view. And mm-hmm. he's going to Florida from Boston, and he's getting away from the racket. And I guess Jeremy Renner was his Bill Belichick, and he sees greener pastures. But I think just like in the town, it's not going to go the way that he thought. And I think Brady's sort of bracing for that. Is Giselle his I, Blake Lively or his Rebecca Hall? I don't mm. know where the movie is. I have I have one, one correction. I think that Belichick is actually – that crazy uh, Pete Postalweight flor- uh, florist, you know, who he has to report to yep. and pay money. And he's like, I'll cut your balls off, son. I know your daddy. And he has to go and kill him at the end to leave. And he's like, he runs the whole town. Terrifying character. That's my Belichick. I like he just that. had those flower shears in his hand the whole time. Oh, just snip it. Snip it. Cut your balls off. That reminded me, you guys saw, um, is it Snatch, where there's the one crazy guy that feeds people to pigs? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love course. when there's a character that Hannibal. They feed people to pigs and Hannibal. Hannibal yeah, I just love when there's a character that's the like all evil, and you never see them go down. Like I love when there's a guy that threatens everybody, and at the end gets paid, gets in an explorer, and is like, never come back. And I, I love when they live. I, I kind of so want I. like an offshoot like movie about those guys. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, Who's I'm going to go next. Oh, by the way, let me get, let me get my Jameis out of the way. Uh, my, yeah, we never- my Jameis was actually love is blind. 
Uh, okay. One, he's trying to find a match. Two, he's actually blind. Like he's going to get LASIK, so like he can't see anybody right now. Um, also, just like in Love is Blind, if you're on the opposite side and you don't see Jameis, but you hear number one pick, most passing yards, like it sounds great. But when you actually see them, it's fucking Mark. <laughs> and you picked him because he's a Bears fan, you dumbass. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, I think J- Jameis for me is watching Love Is Blind right now. What do you got, in Adam? Can, can you? For I haven't watched it yet. What's the ten second like? This is this is why this thing is so great and crazy. People are talking about. It. What's the deal with the show? The reason I think it's so great is the same reason that I think uh, poker blew up on ESPN. People love to watch things where they go. I know what they look like. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I see their, their, their down cards. And so they're like, I think I'm falling in love. And then we, as the viewer are like, you're falling in love with a dude that's five foot one, you idiot. Like it's not working. And I think, (laughs) so for me, love is why it's working because of, we can see the down cards. Beautiful. I love those down cards. I'm thinking of Norm Chad just telling me what the hand is. Okay, (laughs) really, really quick. Let's go around. No interrupting. How many poker players can we name? Uh, uh, Kyle, go, you go first. Uh, Matt Damon. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go. You, uh, Phil Ivey. Daniel Negreanu. Teddy KGB. Nice. Um, ah, shit. I'm going to lose. I lost. <laughs> Ingber, go. Ray Romano played in the World Series of Poker. Okay. Times. You guys are doing celebrities. This is bullshit. I was so, just hey, thinking of the should we do offshoots? Like, if you covered one, should 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 I should we wait till we come back to it? Yeah. What do you got? Who do you have? Uh, I was thinking a lot about Deshaun Watson. You mentioned a Deshaun and a show that I binged a few days ago that I'd never seen. I think Deshaun should watch Band of Brothers, Ooh. the old age show, and I'll tell you why. Um, Easy Company, this incredible platoon of the best soldiers America has, and really talented and really good at what they do. They did the brilliant thing Spielberg did to start the show by their their commanding officer is Schwimmer. They cast David Schwimmer right off of Ross as the man in charge of them. And the soldiers start to look at him and they're like, I, I can't do this. I don't respect this man. And I'm looking at O'Brien and what he's doing to this platoon. And there's this one moment where one of the soldiers goes, I will not follow that man into combat. And they don't have to. And I feel like there's a little bit of that mutinous, easy company vibe that Deshaun Watson is going with right now. I love he's that. Just seeing the whole thing fall apart. I love that. I love that we've compared now Bill O'Brien to Tom from Succession and David Schwimmer. This is amazing. <laughs> There's only going to be more. <laughs> Ingber, did you have a Deshaun? Yeah. And first, I just want to get my Jameis out there because we, uh, we've already covered Jameis here. Jameis is going to be watching The Deadliest Catch just because he needs to learn about the consequences of taking crab legs. Ah, okay. That's that was a dead joke. Bam, also, the deadliest catch, the um, one that the defensive back makes when you throw the pass, like that's, that's not good. <laughs> um, okay, so now for Deshaun Watson. I have Deshaun Watson watching the show Pawn Stars because he needs to know how everyday people are getting way better deals every single day than his own team. You just swaps and trades. It feels like it's not that hard to make great trades and great swaps, and yet his own professional NFL team just doesn't seem to be able to do it as well as them. You're saying Cliff Kingsbury walks into the pawn shop and is like, hey, I'll take that really shiny, nice thing for this piece of crap. And they're like, sure. He's yeah. Like, How do you do that? He walks out of there with a Rolex. He came in with two paper clips. 
Great. The, Great. Dave. The interesting thing about the whole DeAndre Hopkins trade really quick that I just thought about is the way in which we're talking about David Johnson right now, if you rewinded two years ago, it would fucking stun the shit out of you. Like David Johnson was the new face of running backs in the NFL and was like the number one pick in fantasy. And now we're like, you took a fucking running back in that trade? Like he doesn't matter. Isn't that crazy? It's what Todd Gurley's like now, too. Oh, Gurley, whatever. Another number one pick in fantasy. Now no one will touch him. It's so sad, bro. It it's going to be McCaffrey a year from now. No. I hope not. I love him, but that's what happens. You would have said that no about Gurley and Johnson, too. Yeah, no. I know. Where they are. I know. It sucks. All right. I'm going to go next. Uh, next quarterback I'd like to do is Drew Brees. Okay. Uh, for me, Drew Brees right now is watching a movie. A, a lot of the movies I'm picking for them or shows reflect where they are. And I think sure. where Drew Brees is, is he still has everything on his back. Um, but man, he's up there in age and he needs to show everybody that it's not going to bring him down. That's why Drew Brees is watching The Mule starring Clint Eastwood as he has <laughs> hundreds of pounds of drugs in the back and is driving around the country. He doesn't even realize it at first how much is back there, but Drew a lot. Your legacy. Good luck. You know, you and I went pretty similar on that one, Lefko, because I chose a whole bunch of movies from my favorite genre. The genre is One Final Job. You know that (laughs) genre of movies? It's for cops. It's for guys pulling heists. It's that one. I I just need to pull off one job. Here's the list. The Irishman, The Town, Layer Cake, The Italian Job, Wild Card, and Get Shorty. Those are the six movies he needs to be watching this offseason. One last job, like uh, True Grit, Rooster Cogburn. He's got it in him. Perfect. I, I like the one last job genre. It always goes haywire. It's always it? great. <laughs> uh, for uh, for Breeze, for me, uh, Billions. He's the star of Billions. Unbelievably wealthy. The line is, what's the use of having screw you money if you can ever say screw you? And now coming into his world where he just kind of dominates in the NFC South, another unbelievably powerful entity in the form of the, the district attorney who is now Tom Brady, who is just as powerful as him. Mm. And that's the Paul Giamatti character. And they butt heads and they're like, I'm more powerful. Screw you. And it's, it's a bleep measuring contest. Brady's billionaire world is now invaded by another alpha. It's going to be terrifying. Love that. That was all good. Those were good. And I, I wonder like, so Danny Glover from Rush, from, um, Lethal Lethal Weapon. weapon. Yeah, that's not one last job, but he's constantly just saying, I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit is also a great genre, but it's not quite the genre of one last job. No, because Brady is definitely definitely like, I got all the tools and this is the last time I'm using them. All All right, KB, you want to start us off? Or is it back to Ingber? You you lead us off. Ingber, go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm going back to, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Oh, He's he's going into the uh, the game show archives and he's just watching a whole bunch of deal or no deal. He's just making choices. He knows that there's risk involved. You know, we don't know what's going to be in that briefcase, but he just can't help himself. He's like, I gotta play the game. I gotta I gotta know more. I gotta find out. I like that. I love that because that's his life. Uh, first of all, can you imagine Howie Mandel's life right now? Because he's the face of the germaphobe right. in normal time. This must be the seventh layer of hell from him where nobody can touch anyone. And I think in your comparison, Ingber, then, is is Jerry Jones the, the guy, like the, the banker up in the shadowy figure on the phone, how we used to talk to? No, Jerry Where's Jones is all 16 beautiful blonde models wearing uh, shimmery dresses. And opening yes. briefcases that say zero dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
of those models became a British royalty. That's Meghan Markle opening the briefcase. Um, for Dak, uh, I think Dak is becoming a punchline figure of what I call the purse holder, who will just stand there and say, no problem, give a contract to him, give a contract to him. I'm here for whatever you want. It always keeps going terribly for him. I think Dak should watch Curb. I really do because every every news development from the Cowboys it happens, then you can just hear bum 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 Zeke gets the contract. Jalen Smith gets it, and it's always just Dak sitting there just looking back and forth like he never gets the deal. And if I were to advise him, if you've watched this year of this season of Curb, I would say, fine, play out your franchise tag or don't show up or whatever. What you need is not a spite store deck. You need a spite squad. I want to see you as the future quarterback for the Washington Redskins. That's the ultimate pay- payoff to the Dallas Cowboys who will pay anyone in the building except for you. At some point, you have to put your foot down and do a spite squad. A spite team. I love it. And just like right. the spite store, if you go to Washington, it's all burning to the ground. Um <laughs> My my show that I believe Dak is watching is Westworld because okay. I believe that Dak is looking around and he's realizing the game he is in. And this means that Anthony Hopkins is the Jerry Jones that is controlling everything. And as these uh, machines begin to realize that they are, in fact, machines and they are trapped in a world, I think Dak has been abused and been been ridden through the mud constantly. And now I think he's finally looking around and being like, I have had enough of this shit. When Dolores killed the fly and said, I, I can kill beings now and was ready to go, I believe that this was the awakening for Dak, that the franchise tag was in essence, setting everything in motion to one day, in figurative terms, Dak going behind and being done with Jerry Jones and venturing Mm. forth outside of Westworld. But I think we are at the awareness awakening stage of Dak right now in Westworld that is the Dallas Cowboys. So you think that the Anthony Hopkins was the Jerry Jones figure maybe? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take this and run with it, Lefko, because – I think that um, Westworld is actually the show that Baker Mayfield is watching. Mm. I'm going to try that because uh, really great, exciting first season. Different. What the hell is this? It's gunslinging. It's fun. We're changing history. Anthony Hopkins gets blown up from behind. That's Hugh Jackson in this mm. case. And then second season, what the hell happened? The whole show changed. We thought it was going to be about this. It's about this now. I don't really like it anymore. Dude, I don't, I don't even it. understand Westworld they're, at all right now. Yeah, that's it. And season three, I guess there's future for it. Now we're into the future, and there's a new running back involved, and Marshawn's there, and an old friend, Jesse Pinkman. I, I, I just, it's a little bit of personality disorder for Baker. I love season one. Since then, I can't really follow it that well. All right, we have uh, two things that we need to backtrack on, Ingber, in case you haven't done it. Do you have an NFL quarterback watching Curb? And then we'll move on to Baker. Which NFL quarterback do you believe is watching Curb? We already heard uh, Kyle Brandt believes. Who would you say it was? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is watching Curb. Who do you think is watching Curb Your Enthusiasm? I don't have anyone watching Curb because I think him joining the Redskins as a spite store, as a spite team, is like too good. I don't even want to touch it. It's perfect. It's a work of art. I had watching Curb right now is Big Ben. I just feel like it's more like episode one of this season where you see Larry David like 
cutting uh, uh, selfie sticks and pushing over scooters. After right. seeing Big Ben's beard, I just imagine him walking around the neighborhood and just kids are like throw me the ball, and he like throws it over the fence. Leave me alone, <laughs> like. He blocks everybody on Twitter. Like, I have a feeling he is Larry David in real life. It's pretty good. I love that. Um, and then Baker, my – my. Uh, so you went Westworld for Baker, which I think is great. I think Baker is putting his feet up on the couch, and he says, you know what? I'm going to watch a classic. And he finds himself taking in how Stella got her groove back. Okay. Interesting. I believe that he's he's wondering right now, do I take this vacation? Do I find love in a hopeless place? But I think what he's 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 trying to get it back. And I think he's looking to the greatest movie of the getting back, which yes. is how Stella got it. So does he have a Tay though? Because when Tay Diggs says I would like to dance with you. I mean, it, 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 your head will spin. You're right. It's incredible. And I believe that Baker Mayfield's Tay Diggs is Austin Hooper. And I feel like he's going to come in. Austin Hooper will be the new Tay Diggs. Hooper's Tay Diggs. That's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Friend of the podcast, Austin Hooper, is the Tay Diggs of the NFL. Is the Tay Diggs to Stella. Uh, no, yeah, I got it. Uh, did you have a Baker one? Thanks, Avery. Did you have a you Baker? I did. I'm going a little bit off prompt with this one. Um, I don't know if this is what he is watching. It's what I would like for him to be watching. I want him to go online and watch a bunch of old Arnold Schwarzenegger or old CrossFit videos because have you seen his push-up form? Oh, my gosh. So what bad. was that? It was just like for those who haven't seen it, it's like his belly is seven inches above the floor. He's kind of headbanging. He's going way too fast to get full extension. As a as a push-up connoisseur, as a, as a push-up aficionado these days, I really want to make sure that Baker is going all the way to the floor, getting those tries, getting those pecs involved. I would say um, this, though. I think Baker is pretty socially, social media smart, um, other than when he gets on the podium and then like everything falls apart. <laughs> one thing I would say is, remember when uh, that one group faked Justin Bieber eating a burrito wrong? Right now, yeah. if you want to go viral on that, you get a famous person doing push-ups completely wrong. And I was wondering if he was trying to do that. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because if that's how he does push-ups, it explains why he looked like that with his shirt off around Saquon Barkley a few months ago. I think you're right. And it, it, Adam, there has to be something to muck here because there's no way that this, we're talking about a fantastic athlete. He was probably one of the best athletes his whole life. Presidential fitness award in, in junior high. You learn how to do push-ups. He played at Oklahoma. You know how to do a push-up. Yeah. He looked he was worse at push-ups than Aaron Rodgers was at chugging. And it was unnaturally bad, almost <laughs> like they were on it. It was very strange. Hold on. I wanted to pull it up really quick. So that's what I want. That that's just what I want Baker to be watching. If if it was a prank, my my hat is off to you and I golf right. clap for you because that was brilliant and everyone was fooled. But it doesn't seem like he's come forward and been like, No, haha, we got you. Yeah, that's true. All right, hold on. I wanted to see. Let's see if I can do this. Ready? Yeah. Here. Oh, there we go. Oh, here here's, it comes. Here's Baker and his push-ups. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, th I thought at first he was wearing football pads. It looks that bad. As I'm yeah, watching like, this, I'm just hearing my high school basketball coach yelling me, chest to the floor, son, chest to the floor. But why are his shoulders so stiff? And his hands are back by his hips. His hands are way low. It does look like he's never done one before. <laughs> I love it. But I am giving the benefit of the doubt that he – That's uh, fair. Okay. Um, 
Where do you want to start off? You got one for me, KB? Sure. Let's do um, – let me think. You know, I never gave you my uh, uh, my Gardner Minshew. You had Gardner Minshew as doing Tiger uh, King. Tiger- I watch a showtime sometimes called um, My Lottery Dream Home. <laughs> and My Lottery Dream Home, Lefko, you love it. It's also very Florida, extremely Florida. It's HGTV, and they have this completely over-the-top, like, colorful host. He takes people who, in the middle of America, in Idaho or Louisiana, they won, like, I don't know, 600 grand in the lottery. Like, a great amount, but not, like, the 50 million. And he just finds them a new house. And they spend all the money on this house, and it's completely a terrible, ill-advised idea. But I feel like Gardner Minshew just won, like, a $600,000 lottery. It means... You get to take over the Jaguars, sort of. Yes. Uh, cut you a year from now, sort of, if you want to. But you are a starting quarterback, so congratulations on buying a house in Jacksonville, like a five-bedroom for like 310000 I love that. My lottery dream home, Gardner Minshew. Before Pretty I good. discovered Tiger King, my pick for Gardner Minshew was Ancient Aliens. I just thought he was going to be one of those dudes, uh, yes. you know, pr- smoking up and just being like, bro, pyramids, Mayans, how'd they do that? Yes, yes. They all work for Gardner for some reason. I like all the they answers do. for me. Um, for me, I want to believe that Gardner, as soon as he heard the slightest whiff of a, a of some sort of quarantine, sorry, I broke the quarantine, quarantine, but if, <sighs> as soon as he heard about everything that's happening, he drove out to some remote cottage that he owns, no phones, no internet, and he doesn't even know that Nick Foles has been traded yet. He's actually just like out there completely on his own shooting squirrels out of the window to survive. That's what I believe he's doing right now. Shooting squirrels out the window. Good. Um, okay. Philip Rivers. Okay. Okay. I went back and forth a lot. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought, you know what, John and Kate plus eight, you know, that whole thing. It's the Um, first answer for sure. And then I also heard that he was like really big into Hoosiers and that like when he would like come off the field, he would like yell quotes for the movie. But I believe that for a long time, Philip Rivers has loved this show and I believe he's watching repeats of Seventh Heaven. I believe that there's no quarterback that would love the family dynamic and the discussion and the discovery of Seventh Heaven more than Philip Rivers. That's the answer. That's really good. And when we go around on a quarterback and someone says the first answer and it's the best one, it's tough to follow. But I'm thinking, you know, a young Barry Watson, a young Jessica Beale, and it was sort of like just lightly faith-based, wholesome family entertainment about a family that comes together and makes it work. I like it. I like it. But I think the one thing you might be missing in that, Adam, is a change of scenery. You know, like we're, we're moving into a new city, into a new world. I think it's very simple. I think it's House Hunters right down the middle. And the narrator comes on and it's like, this is Phil and Tiffany. Phil is a quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Tiffany stays at home. They're looking for something in a 14 bedroom that's close to shops and not too far from work. Looking in Indiana and it's a new squad, new team, new atmosphere. And they're liking it. And they have new friends. They have Quentin over and Darius. They all come over for the mixer at the end credits. House Hunters is what really what he needs to do. We'd like, I to be, we'd like to be by the lake, but also in the city. And if possible, we'd like it to be modern, but also have a homey feel. What's your price point? Like, I love the use of price point. Always price point, And you hit the nail on the head. They're like, wait, like Ingrid, did you make the joke about price point on Twitter? Uh, no. Oh, I saw. So I thought it was Ingbert because it was written like how you write about using like getting upset that they say price point instead of just price. Gotcha. Price no, that was not me. 
What do you got for Rivers, Dave? Um, so Kyle, you've got two kids. I've got one kid. We've got friends with all different levels of kids. Our, our, uh, my, my sister-in-law, she's, um, she's got three kids that are like 10, eight and six. And we're like, how are you surviving this whole situation? And I think a, a wholesome family man like Phil Rivers, he's got whatever, eight, nine, 10 kids. Even the greatest wholesome family man is going to be feeling the squeeze these months. So he's going to be watching, tidying up with Marie Kondo, trying to figure out which of his kids really does spark joy in his life and which of his kids he might be able to just like throw to the back house. I think that's an important thing for any father to acknowledge that he needs this right now. And just saying like, look, can we get by with six kids? Can we get by with five? If they're not sparking joy, you need to get them out of your life. That's great. And we're supposed to be economical with our choices right now, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, all those kids are too many. Place them strategically around the house. I'd watch. And fold them correctly for storage purposes. Yeah, roll them so that they don't wrinkle, for sure. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Ingber, you want to pitch a new one? Uh, yeah, our man Kirk Cousins. Oh, perfect. Sure. I was going to go there, too. I think Kirk Cousins is watching a lot of YouTube stand-up of Sebastian Maniscalco. And he just Great. loves talking to his friends about how funny and relatable he is. And he does this voice and he jumps around and he wears sneakers. Couldn't you see Kirk Cousins loving the shit out of the comedy of Sebastian Maniscalco? Well, Maniscalco does a whole routine just merely on Chipotle burritos. And I know Wheelhouse. He's a huge fan of Kirk's like, restaurant. that's really what it's like. It's hilarious. He would love it. Um, Kirk Cousins like goes to Outback Steakhouse still with his friends, and he pays with a gift card. Like I'm not even making that up. <laughs> I just feel like it's just so right down the wheelhouse that is just like a fastball over the plate for Kirk Cousins. He discovered him like just a week ago. He discovered Sebastian Maniscalco, like, and all of a sudden he's like, "You guys gotta check this out." All right, I'm gonna go a dramatically different direction of the Cousins because, you know, as much as I appreciate the suburban dad, dad brand that he has. I think he needs to reinvent. And if I'm cousins, I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. Okay. And I'll tell you why. You need to decide what kind of man you are, what kind of house you are. Kirk Cousins has the heart of a Stark. He has the money of a Lannister. And he also kind of lives in Minnesota north of the Wall. So he's all over the map. I want to know who he's going to be year after year. He won, we won one playoff game. And that's always what happens in Game of Thrones. When you appear to have won the game mm. is what knifed in the back. Rob Stark was the king in the north, and he was going to take everybody over, and he's never lost the battle. Next thing you know, red wedding, bam, bam, bam. Kirk Cousins moving forward next season is, I won the playoff game. I won the Super Bowl. Everybody shut up. I'm the king now. Not so fast, my friend. Be careful. Learn the Game of Thrones. I love that. Um, While I'm giving away good t-shirt ideas for you, Lefko, what do you think about Kirk Cousins wearing like a, a wolf pelt, and you say, the Kirk of the North? it's not as good as uh, exotic well you know what if i give you a million dollar idea at the start of the podcast i'm not gonna be able to top it later on i'm just trying to give you something i think what you do is you put aaron Rodgers' head on a spike like ned starks was and it says you spike that the question mark and that's kirk cousins that's good that's why we're workshopping that's why we're doing that (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm going a completely different direction with kirk cousins i believe that kirk cousins has every intention of watching a Game of Thrones or a Sebastian Maniscalco. But when he turns on his TV, because he's very economical and he's probably not paying for an HBO or a Netflix, I believe that Kirk Cousins right now is watching Suze Orman financial advice infomercials. 
I like it. Where all she does is go on there and go, save your money. Don't spend your money. And I think he's watching it and looking back at his wife and being like, see, now get me another marble for my birthday jar. That's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) I like Kirk Kirk making whatever $30 million a year going on that show and asking for really reasonable things. Like, I think I should buy a third pair of jeans. What do you think, Suze? And she's like, don't do it. Are you crazy? Make your own jeans. (laughs) Dude, I kind of want one of those riding lawnmowers. I've always wanted one. I make $30 million. Do you think I could buy one? Absolutely not. Rent one. <laughs> oh, that's great. I fucking love it. All right. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Hey, KB, Mr. Chicago. Well, I already said curb for Dak Prescott. So, um, Trubisky. Um, Here, hold on. I like when KB hears us and then he riffs and then comes up with one. All right. right. The first one that I came up with, and this might be Mitchell Trubisky, is Firefest documentary. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's just, (laughs) you know, like, oh, man, this is going to be amazing. We get there. But I ended up uh, going with Homecoming, a film by Beyonce, just because. That film. What's Homecoming? It's just the Beyonce uh, documentary about her performance at Coachella. Oh, I just oh, think watching it. Robert's not... TV show called Homecoming. Oh, really? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's about these uh, veterans coming back from the war and like the the mental struggle they're under. And she plays a psychologist. It's really interesting. Oh no, I was talking about just the Beyonce Coachella. Performance. <laughs> that completely changed your answer when you said that. I was like, oh, where's he going to go with this? Interesting. No, I just think Mitchell Trubisky's really in the Bay. I think he's part of the Beehive. Sure. I think Trubisky should watch any movie starring James Marsden. And specifically, I'll tell you what, uh, The Notebook, in which he is completely outshined by Gosling, uh, The Superman Returns, in which he's outshined by Superman, and then all of those X-Men movies in which Wolverine is way cooler. Marsden made a career for a decade of being the nice guy who can't get the job done and the cooler, more gristled person comes and takes his job. I think you need to... There it is. I mean, as handsome as all get out. Trubisky's good-looking dude, likable, nice person. Just can't seem to get the job done and is in that yes. role of, like, they're going to go with the guy with the spikes out of his hands or the Superman or somebody like that. Because if it ain't going to be Foles, it'll be the next it's guy. It's because James Martin, Marston looks like the bully in high school. And so, like, now everyone's trying to get their comeuppance on him later. But James Marsden is also in the class of... Um, Guy, white guy is aging really gracefully. Yeah, he looks awesome. Who's the who's uh who's the the huge Chiefs fan that everybody loves? Rudd, Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Like James Marsden and Paul Rudd are in the really aging well. Like Kyle Brandt's getting there too. Like Kyle Brandt's going to be one of those silver foxes that I'm I'm not going to want to walk around with in public. Well, here's the thing. First of all, thank you. And Lefko, you look spelt as always. I'm at the fifty this morning about this period where we're not leaving our house, and he's like we're all going to get so fat from this. And I wonder, we all have to make a decision. It's like when you go to jail, from what I heard, this is kind of what we're in our own prison. If I could quote Scott Stapp, you get to choose. There's the kind that like, I'm going, I'm doing 30 years here. Uh, I'm going to find Jesus, work out, get my law degree remotely and do all that. I'm going to be that kind of inmate. Or I'm just going to eat my three bologna sandwiches a day and watch Judge Judy and get fat and tattooed. And I'm going to be a waste. Which kind of inmate are we going to be? I'm trying to be the first one. But we're all going to make a choice. But damn, those bologna sandwiches hit sometimes. 
got a little mustard. It's fine. It's not bad. It's not all it's bad. They didn't say it's terrible. I like it. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you got, Ingber? Uh, I, we may have lost KB, but we'll get him back. Ingber, what do you? Oh, there he is. Uh, Ingber, what's your Trubisky? Uh, for a lot of the reasons that Kyle was saying, and just for Nick Foles coming into town and just probably competing for the job, I think Mitch should be watching one of our favorite comedy shows of the last couple of years. It's called I Think You Should Leave. I think you should leave. I that think you show, should get out of there. That show maybe has come out in the last 10 home. years. I don't know that show. Oh, oh my God. It is the best. Hold on. Ingber, how jealous are you that Kyle Brandt and maybe a ton of the 33% listening have not seen I Think You Should Leave on Netflix and are going to be able to enjoy that today? It is a I'm sketch so comedy jealous. show. It's a sketch comedy show created by a former SNL cast member and a former SNL writer. And the two of them okay. take all the sh- all the sketches that were too weird and zany and bizarre to get on SNL. And that was the yeah. basis for their new sketch show. And they are so weird and so bizarre and so good. And I've watched them all 10 times and they're the best. I'm in. Oh, okay. wow. That's true. Show. And all, right, all I want later is a tweet from Kyle Brandt that says, after talking with David Ingber and I love yes. how I watch this and my mind is blown. That's and all. by the way, shout out to like one of the weirdest, best Twitter accounts on the internet. It's called I Think You Should League Pass. It's all NBA memes about I Think You Should Leave. Oh, this is great. All right. So and once you've seen I Think You Should Leave, then you'll get all the memes on the pass. That I watch is going to be the show that I watch after Tiger King. So it's like replacing Dan Marino. Like I need a Jay Fiedler at least who can step in and get the job done. I'm telling okay? you, I think you should leave is the perfect amuse-bouche after Tiger King. Amuse-bouche sounds It is a little, a little bit of raspberry gelato, a sorbet to just cleanse the palate. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's get a few more in here. Um, I got one. Okay. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Let's do it. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I've never recommended this to anybody. Patrick Mahomes should watch Entourage um, (laughs) because I want you to be familiar, Patrick, with the pitfalls pitfalls of sudden meteoric fame. I'm looking at a young Vinny Chase who also has, you know, a a highly quaffed hair and a very talented and he has clingers on. It's not all always, you know, uh, sex and roses and Hollywood and everything like that. You have, now that you've blown up and you've won the Oscar and you've done Vinny Chase did Aquaman and made him a star, there's always people trying to bring you down. There's the girlfriend factor, which if you pay attention to social media, that could be a little volatile going on there. But I feel like Kelsey is kind of like a little bit of the E slash turtle. And then he's going to lose Piven eventually when Reed retires at some point. So just a cautionary tale. You are Vinny Chase, nice likable guy with great hair. Just know that a lot of shit is coming, Okay. The side bonus to that idea, Kyle, is that every time he scores a touchdown, he can look in the camera and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, my Patrick Mahomes, um, just because I think this is more his speed, uh, I feel like he's really watching Delta Farce starring Larry the Cable Guy. I know Delta Farce. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I just feel like he's watching it and being like, that's hilarious. He just turned a beer. I just, he's more in the Delta Farce category. Wait, I'm surprised by that. So you think that he likes like the blue collars type layup, like fart comedy? <laughs> I have never seen him drink anything other than a Coors Light. And I think that okay. people, I think there's a direct correlation between Coors Light drinkers and fans yeah. of Larry the Cable Guy. Coors Light drinkers are titillated when the mountains turn blue because it's cold. Like that gets them. That gets you them know it's cold by looking at the can. It's incredible. 
The technology. (laughs) What do you got? Um, I'm going a little more serious route with Mahomes. Um, The Wire. The Wire Mm -hmm. is a very sprawling, very wide-reaching show with a lot of themes and a lot of things going on. But I think a lot of people try to distill down the meaning of The Wire to that amazing chess scene in the first season where D'Angelo is playing chess against the Young Hoppers. And he talks about how there's the pawns and there's the the side pieces and everything, but the king stays the king. Right. And that really is the message of the wire as different gangs and different factions and different people try to take you down. You have to learn how the king stays the king. And that's what Patrick Mahomes needs right now. He had an MVP season. He came back from an injury. He came back from 24 nothing. He wins the Super Bowl MVP. He is riding high. Now everyone's coming for you, man. You have to stay the king. And so he has to watch five seasons of The Wire. you got plenty of time. If you've ever been thinking The Wire looks so dense, I don't know when I'm going to ever just like dive into 60 episodes of this thing. Now is the time, Patrick. To that point, okay. I'm going to blend off of Patrick into the next guy. Because there, I know is, where you're going. there is a scary guy walking the streets right now of Baltimore. I don't know that song. Lamar is coming. Lamar coming. Lamar coming. <laughs> Uh, my, my Lamar Jackson though, you know what? I totally could have done the wire. And I think that's actually a perfect answer, but I had Lamar watching Ken Burns, the national parks, America's best idea, just because I love the idea of Lamar taking in the most dense documentary series in the history of man. And then coming out and being like, like, I just want Lamar to come out and just, I, it was a joke. Ken Burns. No, it's good. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I got you know what I had I got Lamar I I I got the wire as well yeah. because a I I'd be interested to know if he actually has seen it and my guess is not just because of his age like that show is years old now and I don't know if that generation still watches the wire but being in Baltimore you got to watch it and then I just think of like the the greatest my favorite scene in the whole show was when Omar is forced to take the stand and he comes and he puts a tie on over his clothes and he basically says to the attorney you're no different than me you got the briefcase, I got the shotgun. And I think Lamar would look at your traditional 1980s era under center passer and be like, you know, it's like this. You're under center, I'm in the shotgun. It's different. I'm going to run around. This Beautiful. is how this thing goes. I think he's got to watch The Wire, it, it, no matter what city he's in, but especially Baltimore. Lamar coming. Lamar coming. Lamar coming. <laughs> um, Lefko, you had mentioned that documentary. I, I see the same thing with with Lamar, he seems like just someone that's thirsty for knowledge, right? That's just wants to like get educated, like probably watching video game, you know, a game tape from like the 1970s yeah. to learn some weird new innovative thing. I feel like he's watching a lot of TED talks while he's at home right now. And I'm hoping that he stumbles upon the TED talk, my favorite TED talk I've ever watched by Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love. Are you familiar with this book? That was yeah, a, sure. a monster sensation. Book, yeah. She did this TED talk about how she was a writer and a journalist for like 20 years and she was fine. She was a career writer. She was doing her thing. And then she writes this massive, massive bestseller. And it was the best thing that could ever happen to her. She's making all this money. She's famous. But now she has to write a next book. And she's sure. freaking out. And she's saying, like, what do you do as a writer that's been just, you know, humming along for 20 years? And now there's these expectations to have the greatest book you've ever written. And now you have to follow that up. And I feel like if Lamar Jackson, let's say he has a really good year, right? And he rushes for 900 yards instead of 1300. And he rushes for six or seven touchdowns, still an incredible year, incredible athleticism, but people are still going to be biting his head off on Twitter. Like, oh man, I drafted you in fantasy. I wanted 15 rushing touchdowns, man. So 
He needs to watch that TED Talk to show that it's okay if your follow-up is not the greatest thing that ever happened to football. You can still be awesome and you can still compete for championships. Yeah. J.K. Rowling wrote a bunch of books after the Harry Potter series. I think they were fine. Like, I think they got the job done. They landed the plane, but I don't think they were sensations or anything like that. I didn't read them. That's what we need from Lamar. Good, solid seasons. Right. There aren't a lot of Terminator 2s or the second or, you know, or Empire Strikes Back where people see the second and you're like, God, that was even better. It's just, it's hard. All right. I have two quarterbacks left. El Milo. We got Uh, the two that I think we need to get to are Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. okay. Ingber, is there anybody else I'm missing? I mean, if anyone has any like throw-in jokes, yeah, please. Throw-ins. So yeah. um, Aaron Rodgers to me um, is one of my favorite uh, movies on Netflix documentaries. I think, believe that Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. I believe that he has no time for the nonsense anymore. I also believe that maybe he's not as strong and as forceful as he used to be, but the craft has been refined to a level of absolute perfection, ninja-like. And that's why I believe that Aaron Rodgers is watching Hero Dreams of Sushi, uh, the story of an old man in a Japanese subway who has the best sushi restaurant in the history of the world. And every day he is refining that process. And Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is like that sushi chef. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. You watched that, didn't you? I can tell. I watched that years ago, and it's like top three most recommended thing that I give to people is to watch that. Okay. Have you seen Uh, that, KB? Years ago. Long time ago. I got double thumbs up from Ingber, so I know he likes it. Classic. Ingber, get in there. Um, with Aaron Rodgers, I actually was thinking a lot of the same elements of his personality. He's a he's an old guard. He's got the beard coming in. He's got a little bit of a grumpiness that I like. You know, he's not like the fresh faced young guy anymore because he came up under Brett Favre, so he was seen as like the kid for so long. And now he's this he's this guy. His his own head coach, I think, is like six years younger than him. I have him watching Daddy Daycare. I want to make sure that he's in the locker room. He can grab this guy by the collar, grab this guy. Hey, cut it out, you guys! I need you to. Put your shit aside so that we can win a championship this year. Daddy Daycare, Aaron Rodgers. Fantastic. That's different than Kindergarten Cop, which is a similar concept, right? Probably the same screenwriter, though. I could look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your daddy and what does he do? (laughs) <laughs> Rogers for me is uh, I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Barry on HBO, and I think he's Barry. Uh, it's unbelievably talented killer thrower, but he's just like just surrounded by like mostly idiots and people letting him down. And there's just there, there's people named Kumaro and Lazard, and the most talented passer of all time is throwing to them. And then the uh, Stephen Root character is trying to screw him over. And that's Mike McCarthy. Now they got a new boss. And you're like, this guy is so talented and so good. And yet he just can't put it together because the surrounding cast. And I think that's right. Rogers is Barry. Um, who's the, the, the teacher in Barry? The teacher is Henry Winkler. Who is the Winkler to Rogers? Yeah. Or is Rogers, or is Rogers Winkler? Cool. So Harry, Henry Winkler is a bit of a charlatan, right? He's this very famous, uh, he's this very famous coach, but yes. he's also like, when it gets down to it, he actually like doesn't really know the craft all that well. So is it like a Mike McCarthy figure? It could be. And now he's in Dallas. Or is it, the, Pack- coaching, or is it the Packers uh, the owners, the AKA their fans? <laughs> right. <laughs> They're just very unsure. <laughs> uh, you got a different one other than Russell Wilson you want to hit before I do that one, Ingber? Uh, for Russell Wilson, I just, I don't know. I, I, I find him as a very like wholesome figure, as you know. And I think he's watching Cheer. 
I think it's just like uplifting. He's thinking about how to cheer on his teammates. He's thinking about like how to come back from adversity. Oh, not cheers. No, the, the, <laughs> cheer. the Netflix documentary Cheer. Oh, Wait, I he's to... the drunken mailman at the bar with Woody Harrelson? Yeah, I thought Look, Russell would be like... Cheer and Cheers. It's a long quarantine. Yeah, watching Cheers, <laughs> like walking in and being like, hey. And, and then like Sierra and the kids are like, hey, Russ. He's like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had, a, right down that same vein, I had Fuller House. I just sure. think Russell Wilson is like... Because I think that Russell Wilson is slowly morphing into Uncle Jesse. The hair, I feel like he occasionally looks at his kids and like Sierra walks by and he goes, have mercy. Like, I feel like Russell Wilson is going to become our new John Stamos. Okay. I never watched Fuller House. My only memory of it is like I used to work with a guy who, when it came out, apparently Stephanie Tanner had had changed a lot. And he said, they should call the show Fuller Blouse. And I was like, dude, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not interested in that. I didn't watch it because of that. I'm not going to name that employee, but he did say that. Um, I can't believe um, Nate Burleson would make those jokes. I know. Nate said it. He actually said it on air. And he's an employee of CBS. He can't be saying that. Um, My Russell Wilson is Big Little Lies. Uh, Russell Wilson is very, very nouveau rich rich to me. Like he wants so badly to be the really cool, beautiful person with the right watch and the right Instagram picture and the new haircut and the famous wife and all that. Like it's a little much for me and it's a little pretentious. Frankly, autobiographically, I worked the uh, red carpet at the NFL honors and like Russ, like won't walk the carpet. Like he walks right down it and won't stop and talk mm-hmm. to anyone. Everybody stops. Aaron Rodgers stops. Like a Rod stop. Everybody does. And Russ is just like, no, I can't. Like I'm out of here. I'm with Sierra. And it, it really like bothers well, me a little bit. So I look at him as one of these like Laura Dern, Reese Witherspoon types. Who's like, I don't know if you know this, but like I'm wealthy and I have a famous wife. So I'm just going to keep going through it. I don't talk to you like that. So I come from a personal place. Big little lies for him. My, my original one for Russ was uh, Def Jam, How to Be a Player. And he was just like <laughs> laughing at things he's never done before. It was like, oh, look yes. how he like picked up that girl at a club. Like I totally have done those things. Um, totally. But to your thing is that's the one that you realize when you go to things like the Super Bowl or like the NBA All-Star Weekend is there's athlete fame and then mm-hmm. there's celebrity fame. And there totally. is a huge difference. And I think anytime you get a taste of something, it's very hard to go back. And I feel like he's got that because they have that super couple thing. And that's yep. like insane fame. And yeah, it cause, I guess it causes you to not stop for Kyle Brandt and Kay Adams on the red carpet. Won't do it. Won't do it. But you're right. It's like there's a lot of players. You know, Derek Henry's there, amazing player. DeAndre Hopkins, amazing athlete fame. But then you that's why when you look at like Brady and Giselle, yes. they're like deities yeah. because there's the supermodel and the goat. Like it's the craziest couple ever. When you have some sort of link outside of football, it makes you look like a different species. I also think it helps you by not having to stop because people don't know who to call out for. You know what I mean? Like Derek Henry, you're not, yeah. you're, you're like, but there you're like, J- top, J-, and you just end up watching them walk by and you go, oh. <laughs> That's a good point. How do you call out for one of them? I guess you just pick the biggest celebrity, most famous person. No, I go lower. I, I go lower. The you other, go, oh, you yeah. go Sierra? I mean, I would go Tom. I guess Giselle's more famous than Tom. I no, you come up with a couple name. You go with Benifer or whatever, the, the Tazel, uh, oh, the, the Jom. You say Jom. The Jizom. <laughs> okay. Sierras, right? Sierras. Sierras. 
Yes. I love that. See, um, I had a, for Jimmy Garoppolo, I had one that I just wanted to throw in. Like I, all I think Jimmy Garoppolo needs to do the entire offseason is just relax. Like, just, just chill out. It didn't go well. It's fine. They didn't replace you. They didn't bring in Brady. I want you to, to have escapism and just calm down. And I would have him watch the great British baking show on Netflix, which is an absolute runaway sensation. Delight. I love it. It is the most tranquil, soothing, uh, spa-like atmosphere. It's just a bunch of British people in a beautiful tent making cupcakes, and it rains sometimes, and there's a bird bath shot with a little bird, and then they go back in, and they're making cookies, and they call them biscuits, and it's oddly soothing as an American. It takes you away. So, Jimmy, watch the baking show. That's great. My, yes. my Jimmy Garoppolo would be uh, somewhat motivational. I'm just coming this off okay. the spot. Uh, but it's also, it speaks to him. Uh, this is a man that grew up in a very Italian household in Illinois. Okay. Uh, I believe he was also known as the Italian Stallion. And that's why I'm going to have him watch Rocky II. Because he needs Two. to see Rocky win. Because okay. he's already lived Rocky one. Sure. And his Adrian Okay, is I think Rocky II is the least talked about Rocky movie of... of- of the first five, at least. I think Rocky II does not get much credit. Yeah, well, we talked about it. It's very hard after that first big success to come back. So Rocky II. Well, Rocky right. three and four had Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. So, or, and, uh, yeah, and, and Ivan Drago. Drago. Yeah, Drago. Two, no one talks about two. Um, I just got a couple more jokes if I could throw them in, if you don't Please. mind. Yeah, get them in. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's always just watching up in the air every off season, just so we can pack light when he has to head to his next place. You know, just got to know like gotta, <laughs> the ins like and outs that, of that. Man. Um, I think Sam Darnold should be watching the ghost whisperer with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Just make mm-hmm. sure he, you know, if he sees those ghosts again, he knows how to whisper them down. Very nice. And, uh, I think Josh Rosen is watching arrested development. And, uh, I believe that, um, our man, Nick Foles is watching hung. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible there's no oh, better I note to go out of that, that. Show. thomas jane Bingo, that was great uh Lefko, do you have do you have a fitzpatrick mine for fitzpatrick is he's just he's just watching gray's anatomy because somehow it's still on i can't believe it's still on i can't be, i can't believe that fitzpatrick is still in the league and yet if you turn on a gray's anatomy episode it's still pretty good it's still, it still gets the job done still churning them out it, what do you got it, I don't really have a Ryan Fitzpatrick, but just to talk about him, it's it's not often that like Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a Hall of Fame quarterback, okay? No, but his career and the amount of teams he's playing for and the amount of times he started, like he is doing things that have never happened, and I feel like there needs to be a way to honor guys like that that are. I mean, he has been in our lives for two decades. And he has touched almost – he's like the Kevin Bacon. Okay, now we're moving. Invisible man. You never think he's there. But he's, hollow man. Hollow, hollow man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. But I, I, I feel like there needs to be a way to honor somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, like Frank Gore is going to go to the Hall of Fame. I don't think Frank mm-hmm. Gore has ever been a top three running back in any year. But he's going to no. go to the Hall of Fame because his numbers are so big. But I don't, I don't know how we should honor Fitzy, but it, it should be. I've come around to his career's insane. It's sad because we're going to lose Fitzpatrick and we're going to lose Josh McCown too, who I feel the exact same way about. <sighs> Josh McCown yeah. is an incredible football life. My favorite fact about McCown, Josh McCown handed the ball to Emmett Smith on his last touchdown. Josh McCown threw the ball to Larry Fitzgerald on his first touchdown. Josh McCown was in a playoff game last year, running around in Jordan 1s at 42 years old. And it's tore insane. his butt cheek. 
Yes, and still played. I loved. So I co- totally agree. There needs to be like a have a beer with this guy type hall of fame that we put people into. Yeah, or the or the trust me, he was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, KB, thank you for making time for us. It's always fun talking to you, man. I hope you enjoyed it. This was incredible. I needed this. I love this. I love both you guys. Anytime, anytime. You're the man. Uh, Coming up, we are going to now have an interview with the winner, the champion of the inaugural season of the LFGL, the Lefko Fantasy Gridiron League, David Ingber. I love you a lot. We're going to say goodbye later. I don't know why I just did that, but I love you. So here is our, our interview with the champion, Gabe Wilkes. And now we have with us a man whose bust should go into the Canton Hall of Fame. Legend. We have somebody with a performance that was so epic that more than 1,100 people across the world bow down to his awesome glory. And that man's name is Gabe Wilk. Ra- Wilkes. Round of applause. Bam, bam, bam. Gabe Wilkes won. <laughs> Thank you, guys. The first ever. LFGL, the Let's Fucking Go League, the Left Go Fantasy Gridiron League. He took down, I think it was like 1,200 people uh, through a round robin and then had an epic performance in the final week. Gabe, congratulations, bro. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be on here. Gabe, Um, what was your sexiest pick in the draft? What was the thing that you were proudest of where you were like, oh, I nailed that pick? um, Probably my Lamar Jackson pick. I took him a lot earlier, and I kind of got some slack for it. But yes. I mean, I'm a Ravens fan, and I kind of knew this. I knew that I had a good feeling about this season where he was progressing. So, I had what to a year him. you had, man! You yeah, had for the Ravens, and you had Lamar on your fantasy team. Yeah, uh, that's why my team was full of Ravens players. Oh, that's right. I think you had like Mark Andrews too, right? Yeah, stacked. It's a lot of uh, touchdowns to go around. I- I'm just curious what it was like for you the last weekend when we were having like all of the champions up against each other. Um, in, did you think throughout the whole day, you're like, I have a chance because you didn't know what other teams were doing. I don't think, or were you yeah. like at home adding it up? No, I actually, I was, um, I was messaging the guy who ran my league about it just to see where I was doing. Cause I knew, cause as the games were going on, I knew my players were putting up points. Cause you know, they're yeah. just having a big week. And um, I think I think it was that the last week was it that Thursday night where the Ravens played the Jets? Oh, that's right. Lamar put up like five forty-two to seven yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty after that. And Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown had like two touchdowns, so I was pretty confident going into that. Um, so yeah, I kept messaging him, and he kept saying I was in first, and I I was getting more excited. <laughs> oh, I love that. That makes me excited. All right, let's see if – oh, and Gabe's a little frozen right now. Let's see. Oh, I was pretty worried when it came to that. Oh, you just got back. You just got back. Um, so, Gabe, now that you're a fantasy legend, do you have some advice for people heading into this offseason? Um, my only thing would be just, like, a lot of people take these weird strategies when they go into phase draft. I personally just go with, like, best player available. Like, who's on the board that's going to make the biggest impact when you're at the pick instead of – I know a lot of people like to do this, like all running backs, all right. wide receivers. I think it's better to have a more balanced team so you have a strength at every position. All right. I'm done asking questions because the rule is is that if you win the LFGL, you get to come on the Lefko show and you get to ask whatever you want and talk about whatever you want. So I turn right. it over to you, Mr. Gabe Wilkes. What are we doing right now? Um, first of all, 
I, I have this question that I think is kind of fun. Okay. With this, uh, with this uh, quarantine going on, what do you guys think is going to be the first major sport to play again and when? I am going to guess. Okay. So, you know what? I have never thought about baseball or hockey. I felt like they've been like yeah. the two that have been like kicked to the side and everyone's like, oh, because we were about to go to the playoffs for the NBA and everyone's like, is the NFL going to be okay? Yeah, exactly. Of those two, I think the NBA tries to come back in July. And so I think mm-hmm. it beats the NFL uh, in August. But in terms of hockey and baseball, I have no idea. And then, <laughs> and then I'm thinking like, I don't know, David, like, do you think either of those – I mean, baseball. Ah. I've been thinking a lot about this. And as you know, Lefko, my big thing over the last couple of weeks is that we have no idea where society is going, let alone sports. There's going to be all sorts of weird innovations that happen that we can't predict. And do you remember a couple of years ago when marble racing became the number one thing on yeah. YouTube? A guy would just let his marbles go yeah, flying. Yeah, those and videos then- went viral like last week again. Exactly. So I think there's going to be a new sport that comes. No, that, from- no, we're not voting for that because they did ESPN the Ocho on Sunday and they were doing like archery with like spaghetti squash. But there's going like, to be a new sport called quarantine ball and it's going to be huge. But don't you think, Ingber, like, and Gabe, like, don't you think um, baseball, they're already social distancing? Like yeah, players not- are never near each other anyway. That's why I would think of baseball as the next, the first sport to play. Maybe like Late June, early July. Pitchers I might got to pitch with gloves, though. No, my serious answer is not. <laughs> it's not going to be a team sport like baseball because even then, if you you know you hit a single, you're on first base. You're right next to the yes. first baseman. You're crashing into the catcher on a close play. Oh. There's too much closeness that can happen. I think it's going to be like a one on one sport, like boxing might come back, or like uh, maybe a sport where it's like two on two, like beach volleyball, a sport where you can just like get a, a, a small number of people contained and cleared of the virus. You get an umpire who's cleared of the virus, and then boom. You have a, a nice small group of people that can put on a, an athletic event for the TV. I think it might be tennis. Tennis, sure. Yeah. But of the majors, I'm going to go baseball. Yeah, that would be my guess. Uh, what else you got for me, Gabe? Any any uh, podcast questions? How long have you been listening, man? Like, um, I mean, I've been literally listening since the beginning. Motherfucker. Like, I've been listening to this and stick to football since the beginning. Man. And... Um, yeah, so uh, I don't have any questions about podcasting. It's kind of something I do want to get into. So yeah. if you have any advice on how to do that. Okay. I think um, I think now is actually an amazing time if you're thinking about getting into something like this to experiment. Because I okay. think the thing that holds back a lot of people is they always want their first thing to be great. And this is like what I yeah. talked about last year. It's like just just make things. But I feel like right now people aren't afraid. Like so many people are going on IG Live and posting videos of themselves. And so uh, one, I think it's like don't be afraid to put things out. Like I had that fear a few years ago where it was just like, man, I'm, I'm on the news or I'm, on, I'm anchoring sports and I really want to do more. But like will people want to hear that? Will they want to hear from someone that didn't play? And what I think I learned was, um, and this would be another piece of advice, would just be always try to think differently. Like Ingber makes fun of me sometimes where he'll be like, hey, like this is trending right now. And then he'll be like, you're going to be like, what's the opposite we could do? I just think that um, it's not, I'm not even talking about like anything in particular when I say group think. I just think that um, 
something happens and then a wave of reaction happens. And to to talk for a living, whether it's like a podcast or a host or whatever, you need to have something interesting to say that maybe people haven't heard before. And I think sometimes younger people, they watch everything and they read everything. And then their opinion becomes a combination of all of those things, which is healthy. But I don't think they ever ask themselves what they really think. And so um, that would be a piece of advice. The other thing too is like, um, be going the traditional route for me. So like going to a school that has a broadcasting program and then like doing some broad, like traditional broadcasting. That's the reason I've been able to do like TV stuff is because they trust me with that. And I think it's like a really good testing ground. Um, but the, the, you're how old? 19. Yeah. So like you're still in like that amazing college time, but when you start doing internships, like even if you're, even if you're not interning at like the perfect place, like, dude, I'm not going to lie. I get hit up for internships at Bleach Report all the time. And like, I go to Bleach Report and I go, can I get one? And and they just, I don't have an intern. So it's like, I, I can't really take one on. Um, but I interned at ESPN radio in Atlantic city and they had me the first day I got there and they go, Hey, um, here's some gloves. Super happy to have you here, but we're going to need you to go to the Explorer because there's a bird wedged into the grill of the car and we need you to get it out. And I, I like laughed and I was like, Oh, that's so funny. Like, no, but seriously. And then I would go around and set up remote radio broadcast. And the reason it's valuable to do internships that are, that look good on paper but even if you're not doing a lot of good stuff is later on, it's about the paper. The experience is to really teach you what you don't want to do. Like for me, it was like, oh, I don't really want to work in a market like this. So, so the, as much as you can get out there and do any internships, I think some people are like, it's ESPN or bust or it's Bleacher Report or bust. And it's like, there's a lot of local places, your local sports networks, your local radio stations that you can just you get it on your piece of paper. So the next time that you apply for the internships the next year, you already have one in the can. They go, oh, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? So you just you just yeah. stack that shit, you know? Okay. I don't know if that's yeah. even what you want to do, but it, it, you got me in a little rant right there. No, it is. I um, It's like, it's kind of like, I'm very interested in doing what you guys do, but I'm also kind of interested in like working for like football ops and like- Sure. Um, kind of scouting wise, I was able, I was fortunate enough to get an internship for, I currently go to Tennessee. Nice. So I was able to get a um, Rocky internship. Top. Rocky Top. I was able to get an internship for their football team. So I got to work with them. So that was, I, yeah, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door anywhere I can, any opportunity that comes. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're this, if you're as good as fantasy as you can be at broadcasting, <laughs> you'd be fine. But I, I think the main thing is, and I, I I really say this to everybody is as you go on this journey, always remember that it's a hell of a lot more fun than working. And I think that if you have that mindset, that energy is going to come out on camera. It's going to come out in your voice. I think that there's a lot of people that maybe have been in the business a long time. They kind of get a little bit sour. And um, I think if you can keep that positive shit going, you'll be great, man. But um, how do you feel about your Ravens? Like, I'm excited. I will say this. I'm very proud of casual football fans. You know what I'm not hearing a lot? Lamar Jackson's 0-2 in the playoffs. 
I'm not hearing – I thought that was a narrative that people were going to do and people aren't doing it. That's crazy yeah. if that's the thing that people are going to gravitate. It's I'm like, just dude, glad the guy's not, 21 years old. He's younger than Joe Burrow. I don't know. I've seen – I obviously follow a lot of Ravens Twitter and, you know, I've seen a lot of hate going on recently. And Well, not recently. After the playoff loss, I saw a lot of hate because, you know, they're just – they're literally looking at anything to take anything away from Lamar. And it's, it's ridiculous. It actually makes me angry when I see it because they just – there's people out there that just refuses to give him any credit for any reason whatsoever. And I don't know why, I don't know what it is, but they keep doing it. So I feel like it's as a Ravens fan, I feel like it's my job to kind of go out there and protect him a little bit. Yes. It might seem defensive, but I feel like that's a lot of people want to protect Lamar. I'm curious if you feel this when I'm a six, I'm a Philly everything. So growing up rooting for Allen Iverson felt like a dream because Mm -hmm. It was this crazy show every night that I got to watch, and he was on my team. Mm-hmm. And I was curious what it was like for you watching Lamar uh, this year, and whether it was like the Bengals spin or like the Jets Thursday night game, or go like doing what he did to New England. Like yeah. th- you have been rooting for most of your life, Gabe, for Joe Flacco. I know. And then you got and- Lamar Jackson. I'm just curious what that is like. It's it's. Like you said, it's like a dream. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Joe Flacco. He brought us a championship, probably the best day of my life when he won that Super Bowl for us. And I'm grateful for everything he did. But Lamar is just different. This offense, the Ravens have never had an offense like this. They've always been pretty basic. You got to give some handoffs, throw it deep, and see what happens. And there were, to be fair, I don't think any cool. team in history has ever had an offense like this, let alone That's the Ravens. True. Well, when I say that, I mean an offense that like consistently puts up points. Like the Ravens have had inconsistent offenses for as far as I remember. And having, I never thought I would see an MVP quarterback on my team. And mm. that's why it was like such a great feel. I was so happy for him. And I'm so happy for this team because, you know, it's a, it's a great organization. I know obviously I don't, I have no connections there, so I can't say that for sure. No, I can say this completely not related or being a fan. What what, uh, DaCosta is doing right now at GM and the moves he's making is incredible. Uh, The owner, every time he needs to stand up and do something, does it. Uh, They Mm -hmm. have been someone that embraces like all the players, and they seem to be one of the few player-first franchises that it feels like Ozzie Newsome kind of set the tone. Like I agree. Your franchise feels like a good one. Yeah, and I mean, we just – in a. I'm just excited for this team for the future. I mean, we got Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. Like, Real. and we traded Hayden Hurst for a second, which is literally what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And what's Johnson, funny is but, in a vacuum, if I said, Hey, uh, I'll trade you Hayden Hurst for Calais Campbell, you'd go, absolutely not. But in fact, you did that and you got a pick three rounds better. Crazy. Exactly. It's in, like DaCosta's, he's, I'm, I don't know if he's the best GM, but he's. I, I gotta think at this point he's top five. And I would. I would agree. I would say he's yeah. already there. There with uh, yeah. the guy in uh, Indy, uh, mm-hmm. Belichick. Ballard. Uh, Ballard. Belichick yeah. is in there for me too. Obviously. Yeah. Um, there. Are, I don't want to talk about Howie Roseman. I'm conflicted with my ego. Sometimes <laughs> he's great. Sometimes I don't know. But no, I, I think you're right. I think DeCosta's top five. Yeah, and uh, Lamar is just such a special player. I have his jersey. I never had a Joe Flacco jersey. Um, bang, bang. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, um, it's exciting time. I'm happy for you. 
Uh, congratulations on winning. Do you have anything else? I don't want to. I don't want to leave here without you getting something off your chest or uh, uh, yelling at me for a take you didn't like or saying something to the to the thirty three percent. The microphone is open. Okay. Um, well, first of all, again, I just want to thank you for this um, opportunity. This was awesome. And again, big fans of you guys. Big fans of Stick to Football. All everything. Please Shout report out Connor, those. Matt. Yes, please tell no, them I say hi if you can. I will. I will. <laughs> um, and to the thirty-three percent, you know, keep working, and maybe you can be in my position next year. Maybe if I don't repeat. Ooh, <laughs> oh, a little trash talk. I like it. Um, and uh, I have one more question. We talked about how I feel about the Ravens. What do you? How are you feeling about them next year? Because I, first of all, I appreciate it. I was so happy when I heard you picked up and get first seed last year. Oh, man. And you nailed it. Like, that was amazing. One of the greatest predictions of my life, which means that I'm going to get everything wrong next year. (laughs) Um, I would say, looking at the team, um, I always, like, I'm not going to lie. Before the season last year, when you guys traded Alex Lewis, I was like worried because, but now I'm realizing the Ravens are one of those franchises that when they let guys walk, they have someone to replace them. So I, I think your O line is going to be back. Um, I, you have so many tight ends. I love Ricard. You still have all the running backs. Uh, another year for Hollywood Brown. Um, I feel like they still need one more wide receiver weapon. That's just mm-hmm. my take. Like a like a bigger one. Uh even yeah. though they do go heavier sets. So that's not a I Look, man, I look at the AFC and it's Chiefs, Ravens, and then you have so then you have what are the Patriots? Then you have what are the Steelers with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger and that defense that was top 3 in the NFL last year? The Browns have all the talent, but I'm not putting them in this conversation. Um, And then it's, you know, Texans and Deshaun Watson, because right now, bro, you are in a three-headed race. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, they are all entering their prime. And so all of them right now, Mahomes is number one. Can they take a a shot at him? I would say right now that the Ravens are – Definitely the odds on favorite to win the AFC North. And I would say, man, with all those D line moves, I, 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 I think you're going to be a top four team in the NFL again. I, yeah. I, I would not, I would not be surprised that they fixed it and they got to the AFC championship game. And I think that, um, all I want is Lamar to improve. Oh yeah. And the Buffalo bills. I think the bills are going to be my sleeper team next year. Spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you Thank for coming you guys on, so much. Congrats, Congrats on winning, man. Thank you. Number one. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is going to be the end of the podcast. So okay. play the music. Gabe, if you have anything else, you're going to have to do it again. All right. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man for Gabe Wilkes. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. For David Ingber. While you're under quarantine, find your quarantine. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Or your quarantine queen. I love you guys. <laughs> I am out. Love Go Show, homies, 33%. Ah! Peace. <laughs>